Let's pray together as we get ready to dive into his word together. Father in heaven, you, uh, you are the giver of every good gift, and we thank you for your good gifts. And you have given, you have taken away, you have blessed. Lord, I feel all the more the urgency of all of us hearing and believing and responding to your good news in Jesus, that in Jesus there is life and there is hope and there is purpose and there is knowing you. Thank you, and Lord, speak to us now. May our hearts and our minds receive what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to open up to the book of Colossians in the New Testament. We, we are just getting started in a new series in Colossians. It's entitled, Walk with Christ. And we are exploring the amazing truth that Jesus has invited you and me to experience an everyday journey with him. And last time, we, we talked about how that kind of journey gets started. It starts when we hear the gospel. We hear the good news that Jesus died for us, he rose from the dead for us to rescue us from the dead end path that we're on, path that leads nowhere good. And when we hear this good news that Jesus is inviting us to get off that path of death and onto the path of life, he, when we respond to that good news and say yes to him, he He puts us on that path, and that's the beginning of a journey, of an everyday journey with him on the way to his father's house. That's what we saw last time at the beginning of the book. Now today we're going to move on to the next section and learn some more about what it means to walk with Christ. So please follow along as I read verses 9 through 14. And uh, please keep in mind that what you're reading here is actually a letter written by the Apostle Paul to a church, to a group of people just like us in a, in a place called Colossae. They are the Colossians. Here we go, verse 9. And so, from the day we heard, let me just interject, what he means is, from the day we heard about you hearing and responding to the gospel and beginning to walk with Jesus. That's what he means. From the day we heard of this, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing In the knowledge of God, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. 
If you're going to take a walk with someone, you have to agree on a few things if you're going to walk together. Okay, you have to agree, for example, on a destination. You know, if my wife asks me to go for a walk or I ask her to go for a walk and we go outside and she wants to go north and I want to go south, well, uh, if we can't come to an agreement, we may both get a walk, but we're not going to get it together. Uh, the same is true of something like pace. You've got to agree on a pace. And, you know, there are times when Karen wants to walk faster than I do. So if we're going to walk together, one of us has to adjust our pace. So I walk faster. <laughs> walking together means walking in a certain way. And you can see that here. We can see that walking with Jesus means walking in a certain way. Paul says he prays for the Colossians so that they will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. And if we wonder what he means by that, he explains it in the very next words, to be fully pleasing to him. So walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, that is, walk in a way that's fully pleasing to him. I wonder what you think of when you hear that. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Walk in a way that's fully pleasing Him. Does that sound kind of intimidating to anybody? Does that, does that even maybe sound kind of impossible? When you hear that, walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Does that, does that sound like, from now on, be perfect. Don't make any more mistakes. Ever. You know, uh, do everything just right so you can be worthy of the Lord, so you can please Him. See, if that's what we think He's saying, I think that's going to be really discouraging. At least it will be for those of us who aren't perfect yet. Um, And yet, I'm confident, I'm absolutely confident that God does not mean this to be discouraging to us. He does not want us to hear it that way. He does not want us to feel that pleasing, walking in a way with Jesus that pleases him is impossible. So we need to think carefully about this, especially because Paul's now going to go on and he's going to describe what a worthy walk, walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, what that looks like. And I'll tell you, what it looks like is awesome. And when I say awesome, I mean it looks really beautiful and it looks really, really difficult. Take a look with me. Notice how he describes a worthy walk. Notice what it looks like. He says a worthy walk is fruitful. It's fruitful. Verse 10. To walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work. So an apple tree produces apples. A pear tree produces pears. And a person who walks with Jesus is to produce good works. That's what he means. Being a Christian is not just a way of thinking. It's not just a way of believing. It's a way of living. It's a way of doing. And the Bible just tells us all of these good works that God wants to produce. He wants to see our lives produce, you know, helping people in need caring for widows and orphans, 
speaking up for the defenseless, a very relevant one on Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, fighting injustice, sharing the good news of Jesus with people who haven't heard it or haven't believed it, comforting the brokenhearted, praying for one another. I mean, we just could go on and on. There are so many good works that Jesus wants our lives to produce as we walk with him. So a, a worthy walk is a fruitful walk. Second, it's a growing walk. Verse 10 again. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Increasing, growing in knowing God. So this means that our relationship with God is to be growing. The longer we walk with Him, the better we are to come to know Him. Now, I'm sure you've had relationships in your life. I know I have in mine, you know, whether it's a friend, relative, or whoever. And that relationship's just kind of static. It doesn't ever seem to get any better or deeper. It just kind of stays at this really superficial level. And there could be all kinds of reasons for that. But this is telling us that our relationship with Jesus is not supposed to be like that. It's not supposed to be static. It's supposed to be growing. It's supposed to be deepening. It's supposed to be strengthening, getting to know him. If you walk with Jesus in a way that pleases him, you'll grow. You will get to know God better the further down the road you walk with Him. So it's a growing walk. Third, a worthy walk is enduring and patient. (laughs) Enduring and patient. Verse 11. May you be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience. Remember me saying that a worthy walk was awesome, that it's beautiful and difficult? Well, here you go. Okay, endurance, all endurance and patience. You know the thing about endurance and patience? That, that presupposes problems. You don't have to endure good times, do you? You don't have to be patient with people that are fun to be around. Endurance is talking about hanging in there and not losing our cool when dealing with seemingly impossible situations. That's endurance. Patience is is hanging in there and not losing our cool when we're dealing with seemingly impossible people. Is anybody else feeling the difficulty here? Does anybody else feel that? Is that just me? Thank you. With all endurance and patience, a a, a worthy walk is enduring and patient. Fourth, a worthy walk is joyful. Oh, now this puts a whole new perspective on it. So I was thinking endurance and patience with joy, you know, endurance and patience, okay. All right. Just with joy. Oh. Okay. So not just gritting my teeth in sheer determination, making a choice, a choice to rejoice in the Lord. Hey, that rhymed. That was pretty cool. I didn't even plan that. A choice to rejoice in the Lord. Why? Because He's always good, even when our circumstances are lousy. But making the choice. Now, this does not mean, this does not mean pasting a fake smile on your face, no matter what's going on. You know, how are you? Fine. That's not what it means. Okay, remember the sorrowful yet always rejoicing. I mentioned Paul said that. So there's a way to be joyful even in the midst of sorrow. Why? Because we're walking 
with him. See, the point is Jesus does not want us to be a bunch of gloomy, grumpy, sourpusses as we walk with him because we're walking with him. So joyful. And number five, a worthy walk is thankful. Thankful. Verse 12, giving thanks to the Father. Here's another choice, making a choice to count your blessings, not just once a year on the, what is it, the third Thursday of November, but all the time. Make a choice to count your blessings and thank God for them because they're blessings. You know what that means? It means we're not entitled to them. We, we didn't earn them. We don't deserve them, all the good things. So we, we count the blessings and we give thanks to them instead of getting mad you know, if we don't get one. Would you agree with me that this kind of living, this manner of walking, is beautiful? Would you agree with me on that? That doing good works, growing, showing endurance and patience, being joyful and thankful, isn't it beautiful? I mean, and that's just a partial list. I mean, that's what Paul talks about here, but there are other things we could talk about. But it, isn't that... Don't you like being around people who are like that? Don't you want to be like that? I do. Well, that's what Jesus wants your life to look like. And that's why Paul was praying for the Colossians, so their lives would look like this. The question is, how? How does it happen? How do we walk this way? I mean, if this is what a walk that pleases Him looks like, if this is what a walk that is worthy of the Lord, if that's what it looks like, how do you walk like this? So I'm going to give you the answer that I see here. And then it's very possible when you hear it, you're going to think it sounds too simple. So then I'm going to try to explain it. And I hope that in explaining it, you'll begin to see that walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, walking in a way that pleases Him, is not this impossible thing that you may first have thought of. This is actually an incredible privilege that you, hear me, you are fully able to experience. So, here's the answer I see. The way to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord is to walk closely with Him. And when I say that, what what does that mean? Okay, walking closely with Him. What I mean by that is relying fully on Him. That's how to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Walk closely with Him. In other words, rely on fully on him and here's the thing to see see pleasing the lord jesus walking in a manner worthy of him it's not a matter of how hard you try it's not a matter of how perfectly you perform it's a matter of how fully how completely you rely on him and the great thing is anybody can do this Anybody can do this. Anybody can rely on Jesus. I've used the illustration before, but imagine you're out in the ocean and you're drowning and the lifeguard shows up. What do you do? 
How do you save yourself? You don't. You let the lifeguard save you. You rely on him. Don't try to help him. Don't try to save yourself. Let him save you. Rely. Anybody can do this. You just have to be convinced. You have to be convinced of two things. You have to be convinced, first of all, of how much you need him. How great your need is of him. To walk closely with him, to rely on him. And the other thing you need to be convinced of is you have to be convinced of how much he wants to help you, of how much he wants you to succeed, of how much, how predisposed he is to do what you need him to do. So I want you to see both of those ideas here. I want you to see them here so that you can be convinced. Be convinced. You know, what what was the thing we sang in the song just a little while? You know, make me believe this. Make me believe this. That's that's what I'm talking about. Convince. Be convinced of this. Remind yourself of this. Tell yourself the truth. Don't believe the lies. Tell yourself the truth. Okay, be convinced of this. All right, so to walk closely with Jesus, first of all, be convinced of how much you need him. Be convinced. Tell yourself. Remind yourself of how much you need him. Now, when I say that, I don't just mean being convinced that you need him to forgive your sins so you can be right with God and go to heaven. Uh, Pretty much every genuine Christian believes that. And if you're not a Christian and you're here, and that's awesome, I'm glad you're here, you need to know this. Okay, John 14, 6, Jesus said this, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay, Jesus is the only one who bridges the gap between us and God. He's the only one. We need him. We need him to begin doing life with God instead of without God. Absolutely. But not just to begin. That's what I want to stress. The the mistake many people make, and it's easy to do, is to think that Jesus gets us started with God. You know, he puts us on the path, and then he says, okay, go. And from that point on, it's pretty much up to us and our performance to keep us going. So how well we actually please God on a day-to-day basis as we're going down the path, how well we do that depends on how well we perform good, moral, spiritual things that he wants us to do. Like reading our Bibles, and praying, and going to church, and sharing the good news with others, and, whoa, avoiding sin, and being patient, joyful, thankful, all those things we just read about. It's up to you. It's how much well you perform. Here's the thing, though. Those are all great things. Those are all important things. But if you try to do those things in a self-reliant way, you are doomed to failure. And you are doomed to frustration. If you think that God is just kind of, he got you started, now he's just watching. 
And he's evaluating and he's constantly measuring you to see if you're, if you're making it, if you're measuring up. And it's all up to you. If, if that's what you think, if that's your mindset, you're not going to please him. You're not going to please him because you don't have the resources in you to do it. You don't, and the Bible says this over and over again, so many different ways. That's why in, in Hebrews 11 it says, without faith it is impossible to please him. What's faith mean? It means relying on God. Or elsewhere, whatever's not of faith is sin. Why? Well, because faith is relying on God. You don't rely on God, you're going to sin. We need Jesus not just to get started with God. We need Jesus to go on with God every single step of the way. There is no being worthy of Him. There is no pleasing Him. There is no obeying him without relying on him. You've got to be convinced of that. And we can see it here. Did you notice everything that Paul wants the Colossians to experience? I don't know if you noticed this or not. This is pretty true of Paul's letters. The first half of the book, he doesn't tell you to do anything. He just tells you a bunch of truth to embrace and believe and rejoice in. And that's what we have here. Everything he wants the Colossians to experience is something he prays for. Did you see that? He prays for them to be filled with the knowledge of God's will and everything. Well, why does he pray for that? Because without God, it's not happening. This is why we need to get our faces in our Bibles so we can learn his word. But the thing is, if God doesn't enable us to know his will, we won't. Because when we hear the truth or when we read the truth, we need the Spirit of God to make our hearts receptive to the truth, to love the truth, and to know how to apply the truth to all the different situations we face. Because there are going to be a lot of situations you face that aren't directly addressed here. That's the need for wisdom and spiritual understanding he talks about. This is a God thing. We need God to do this, to give us the knowledge of his will. And then Paul prays that we'll be strengthened with all power according to your glorious might. No, that's not what it said. It's not according to your glorious might. It's according to whose glorious might? God's glory. My, my might isn't glorious. I don't know. If, and yours isn't either. According to his glorious might, for all, there's our two words, endurance and patience. What do you need to endure? What do you need to be patient? You need strength. You need inner strength. Where does that come from? It comes from God. How does he give it to you? Well, the main way, I think, is he enables you to believe his promises. To believe his promises. You get it from his spirit enabling you to trust him in those moments where you are facing impossible situations. You are dealing with impossible people. And you, by God's grace, by his strength, by his power, by his spirit, are able to believe that even in this impossible situation, even this impossible person, God is at work for my good to bring about the best possible future for me. And then you need forgiveness. Not just the forgiveness to begin your journey with Jesus, but forgiveness for every step of the way, every time you stray off the path. And where do we get it? We get it in Him. 
So we need his forgiveness every day. We need his strength every day. We need to know his will every day. We need him and all of his resources every single day. You have got to be convinced of that or you're not going to walk closely with him. You're not going to rely on him. But then there's something else. You've also got to be convinced of how much he wants you to succeed. Not generic you, specific, personal you. He wants you to succeed. He wants you. If you have begun a walk with Jesus, God so deeply wants you to succeed. He's so eager to provide you everything you need to live this way. He is so ready to help you. He is so inclined to help you. He is so predisposed to do good to you and to bless you. You say, how do you know that? It's because of whose you are. It's because of whose you are. Now, when I was first working on this, I was going to say because of who you are. And then I realized that's not what the emphasis is. The emphasis isn't on us. It's on the one to whom we belong. We have a completely, if we are in Jesus, if we've begun to walk with him, if we've put our trust in him, we have a completely new identity because we belong to him. And it's when we know whose we are that we begin to know who we are. If you belong to Jesus, you are a radically different person than you used to be. And that's true even if you don't feel any different. Now I want to explain that with a story. On May 10th, 1960, an infant boy was born to a couple who were not able to provide him a good and loving home. So they did a very loving thing. They placed him for adoption with a couple who were able to provide him a good and loving home. And on the day that those adoption documents were signed, the identity of that little boy was changed dramatically. He was no longer called by the name of his father, of his birth father. He got a new name. And he got a new family. And he got a new home. And he got a new destiny. In fact, it would be difficult to overstate just how much changed when he was transferred from his birth parents to his adoptive parents. I, everything changed. I mean, what relatives he would have, what neighborhood he would grow up in, what friends he would have, what influences would shape his life, what girl he would end up marrying, and because of that, the children he would end up fathering. All of it changed when his identity changed. And I can really relate to this story <laughs> because it's my story. 
It is my story. Here's why it's relevant for all of us. My adoptive father, my father, passed away last year. Up until that time, while he lived, there was nobody on this planet who was more committed to my success than he. He would have done anything necessary to help me succeed. Why? Because he was my dad. He was my dad. I was who I was because of whose I was. And if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, you have experienced a change of identity even more dramatic than that of any earthly adoption. And you look at verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. To be a part of the people of God and all the inheritance that God has for them. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. If you think my earthly father was committed to my success, that doesn't even begin to compare to how committed to my success my heavenly father is. Why? Because I'm His. If you belong to Jesus, so are you. You used to belong to the domain of darkness, but now you are a member of His kingdom. You used to be a foreigner. Now you're a citizen. You used to be an enemy. Now you're His child. His heir. You are who you are because of whose you are. And that's all true whether you feel it or not. See, what do you think I felt when those adoption papers were signed? What do you think I felt when the judge made it official? And I was no longer baby so-and-so. Now I was Scott Roberson. How do you think I felt? (laughs) I didn't feel anything. Except hungry, probably. (laughs) But it didn't matter. It didn't matter how I felt. My identity was changed. I had a new name. I had new parents. I had a new destiny. It was all true regardless of how I felt. And if you have begun a walk with Jesus, if you have put your trust in him, your change of identity is real whether you feel it or not. But you need to feel it. You need to begin to feel it. You need, we need to learn to embrace our new identity And get excited about it and enjoy it and live it out. And that will happen as we become more and more convinced that it's real. That it's real. That God really does love me. That God really does love you. I don't mean he loves you because he loves all of mankind and you're part of mankind so he can't help it. I mean God really loves you. You. You've got to believe that to walk closely with Him. You've got to believe your need is desperate and you've got to believe that God is eager to meet that need. 
and he wants you to walk closely with him. So the whole point about walking worthy is that he is the one who makes us worthy. This is good news. This is not bad news. This is good news. Walking worthy of him means walking closely with him, relying on him completely, depending on his resources, living in his presence, believing his promises, trusting what he says, and embracing the new identity he has given us, believing that what he says about you is true. What he says about you is true. That's the truth. When you lie to yourself, when other people lie to you and try to define who you are, it's not true. When God tells you who you are, that's the truth. It's not about us trying harder to be good. It's about trusting more completely in the one who is good, the one who makes us good, the one who wants wants you to walk closely with him. Let's pray. Just bow with me. And if you are on a walk with Jesus, I just want to encourage you to thank him, to believe what he says about you and to draw close to him and say, Lord, I need you so much. I can't walk this way apart from you. But I need to believe, I want to believe that you've given me a new identity and I belong to you. And so you want me to succeed. So help me do it. And if you're here this morning and you haven't said yes to Jesus, you haven't begun that walk, I just want to challenge you to think about it and to pray about it and ask him to show you. And if you're ready, just tell him yes. If you want to talk to somebody, come and talk to me afterwards. Make a note on your slip that you're going to turn in in a bit. Father, I, uh, I'm just in awe of... of how much you have done for me and how much you've done for all of us in Jesus. And God, we have so much reason to be excited and rejoice. Lord, we have a hard time sometimes embracing this identity you've given us and believing that you really want to help us and do good to us and bless us uh, because so many hard things happen and yet you've promised that in all of those things you will be with us and you will use those for our good. God, help us trust you. Help us walk with you closely. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.